Have you ever watched Veep before? You you cut out. What what'd you say? Have you ever watched the show Veep? No, I never never got into Veep yet, but I, I know everyone says it's oh, amazing. Man. Oh my god. If you like The Office, Veep will have you crying. Laughing, bro. Veep is hilarious. Okay. That might be that might be one we have to add to the list because we we about to finish the office, because um, I know it's it's going off Netflix. I, I want to say by the end of the year, uh, so so we trying mm-hmm. to finish it before it does. Okay. Yeah, man, the office is hilarious. I haven't I haven't had a chance to like sit down and watch all of the episodes, but I do enjoy it when it's over. The office, Community is funny. Veep is funny. And I don't know if you ever watched the show Workaholics, but them shows. I've seen a couple episodes of Workaholics, but I was I was late to the boat, and so mm-hmm. so I need to get on that one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, silly work comedies. I be <laughs> cackling. <laughs> what up, Dre? What's up? What's up? There, there he is. Yes, sir. Much. Congratulations, Dre. I'm happy for you and your team. That's all I have to say. About it. <laughs> What's up? All right, I, was putting, I was putting the headphones in. If you didn't hear me, then you didn't hear me. <laughs> I'm not saying that shit again. Uh, it was about the Lakers. <laughs> Congratulations on your little pandemic trophy. I'm happy for you. Job not job not done. That's Kobe would say. Well, that's what I said. That's that's what I said. Like you got to go back to back, dump bet it back. They yeah, they doing it though. You get no soy sauce. You get no champagne. You get nothing. <laughs> bet it back. Bet that right back, Mitch. <laughs> Bet that right back. Double up. Double up, Mitch. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, it's a... I was... Uh, I was inebriated uh, when they won uh, this this go-around. So I... Man, I was up until like 3 o'clock because it's not the traditional championship where you get the celebration and, you know, there's a bunch of people on the court. So, like... I oh and then also the last time a team of mine won a championship we didn't have Instagram and people couldn't go live so I just literally went to Instagram <laughs> and all of the Laker players that I'm friends or like follow I went to their live to see what they like to see the celebration I felt like I was celebrating with them in the locker room like freaking was you walking around the house shirtless <laughs> no you I was I, but I was considering purchasing <laughs> some rosé and celebrating with them <laughs> because the, the the new Publix at my um the new Publix they just built on 301 they they apparently they have um Bel Air rosé in there so I was like hmm this one might might it was a gold bottle too, the championship edition. Oh, oh. So <laughs> Yeah, that was a sign. Right? That was a sign. Yeah, well, I'm glad <laughs> I did I maybe I should have got it because I went there during game five and they lost game five. <laughs> and there was a there was a dude there with a, his his whole family had Laker jerseys on. And I was like, this doesn't feel like good luck. Like it felt like bad luck. <laughs> and lo and behold, they lost that game. They had a whole trailer full of Laker jerseys. Well, I'm so happy for you guys. I was so <laughs> thrilled and 
I was like, yes, LeBron and the Lakers and J.R. Smith, Philly Cheese, A.D. JaVale McGee. So deserving. So deserving of a championship. I was so Quentin happy. Cook. I couldn't hold, couldn't hold back my excitement for you guys. You heard what LeBron said. You better put some respect on his name. Oh, my God. I want my damn respect. I was like, oh my uh, God. He, he wanted that to go over so bad. He that was supposed to be his. Um, he needs a. That was supposed to be his. You you the real MVP moment, like where he turns into a meme and like people say it for years. <laughs> I want my damn respect. <laughs> uh, it didn't really work out that way. <laughs> good good for him. I'm so happy for him. But that's great. That's that's over and done with now. I know this wasn't on the topic list, but when I was calling you guys, I was thinking like when the world gets back to normal, if and ever that ever happens, I want us to do like an annual couples trip. All right. Like I want us to start like really living this shit up because this pandemic has really put a heavy emphasis on time. Like we're all relatively young and healthy. And we got a lot of years ahead of us, but I don't want to, I don't want to live the same year over and over and over again. I want to start creating milestone memories with people that I want to be around. So in the next couple of years, I want us to like all do like an annual, like a big annual trip, stuff that we can't do or have never done. Like I want to do a ski trip. I want us to go to like Colorado and like, I know none of us ski and snowboard, but I want us to do it just to get out of our comfort zones. I want to be in a real cabin with a fire and just be away. Like I don't want to do like the typical, let's go to Tulum, Mexico. Let's go to like, those are nice, but I want us to do like unique trips that I have like, you remember 20 years ago we did this, that, and the third? Like, I want to create those types of memories with my friends and peers. So put that on your calendars and to-do list. I'm, I'm totally down. Like, anytime you get to you get to enjoy a trip is awesome. And if, you, if you're doing it with good people, that's just even better. So I'm, I'm totally down. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to hold my breath with, with how to, how the, how the missus feels about about the, about the virus and, and <laughs> when said trip would be able to happen, but as as soon as as soon as able, like I'm I'm definitely down to do that, man. It's because like I look at my parents, and that's what like really kind of sparked the idea. Like I look at my parents, and like not saying that they need social circles, but like I want to be able to pass that down to my kids. Like, hey, you know, get you a good group of people and just live your life because life is hard life is disappointing life is challenging and that's what makes it great but you also need to do things to enhance it and enjoy it and have things to look forward to so i definitely want us to be able to like fly together book hotels together travel together enjoy like a three to four day trip somewhere just to kind of recharge our batteries laugh it's i think it's therapeutic I think it'd be fun and just to get the couples to kind of just be a community together somewhere different. I'm, I'm definitely down. And it's funny you, you bring up trips because um, I, I mentioned to y'all about 
about Shelly's anniversary gift, and I'm not gonna mm-hmm. say it just in case she listens to this episode. I can't, <laughs> I can't give it away. <laughs> but like, she she knows she knows the price of it, and she was like, "What am I gonna get you?" And I was like, "Well, you know, you could you could pay for a trip." And I was like, "What about a fellas trip?" And she <laughs> she shot that down. But <laughs> but yeah, I'm def- definitely looking to to getting into traveling. Like something that I thought about, like that we could just do, you know even besides just normal trips i was thinking like it'd be cool like if we could get to get to go to like a trivia night just at like one of the local spots around here and just do that just to be able to kick it on a, a weekly basis like that i'm down man i love just again it's just the fellowship with the fellas being able to just hang out like i told y'all the other day like i was really in need of a new barber my barber lives across town and i don't really like going to his house to get a haircut, especially in the pandemic. So no lie, I put this on everything. I drove to six different barbershops last Friday or Saturday. And if it didn't look right, I didn't even get out the car. <laughs> like I just kept it moving. And so luckily I was able to stop by the spot called Royally Unique. It's on 301 and I closed my eyes and it felt like home. There were two flat screen TVs on the wall. They were watching two different college football games. One of the bobbers was talking shit, and he was a huge Michigan <laughs> fan. They were getting beat by Indiana. The other Ooh. guy that was cutting my hair, he's a Gator fan. At the time, they were losing to Georgia, but they turned around and won the game. And it was just a dope spot to be, like one of those barbershops you see on TV where there's a guy sweeping up hair, talking trash, and just the conversations was highly inappropriate and I couldn't I couldn't have been more happy like it was the type of spot where you could just sit there all day and not even get a haircut Mm -hmm. and it was just a dope spot like it may even be a dope spot to do a podcast one day just to be in the building and just to hang out and chill at the barbershop like it was one of those live dope spots and it was so refreshing and just it felt good to be around men and people and just be men <laughs> in a weird <laughs> way. Like I didn't have no drinks, there was no cigars, there was no smoking, but it was just a good spot to get a haircut. And he tightened my fade up, and I w- I just felt like I was like six three, two percent body fat. Like I just felt <laughs> good. <laughs> I felt great. <laughs> so um, shout out to royally royal royally unique. On 301, appreciate your services. Go see my guy, but um, first chair when you go through the door, cool dude. Ooh, that's, yeah, man. That's, that's risky. A first chair, yeah, man. Like, I, I, I was hesitant, I ain't even gonna lie. I went in there with no appointment, um, I was desperate, my fate was leaning, <laughs> and I was like, Yo, I need, I need somebody to help me out, I need a Steve Harvey Edge. High uptown fade blended on the sides and keep me nice. And he was like, Yo, my 430 canceled. I could take you. And I was like, Ugh. Well, that's a good sign if he got a point. He lying. He ain't, he ain't you know, no 430. He's just trying to make you feel like <laughs> he, was, uh, he was preoccupied. He's like, I've been busy all day. I, I was, can just squeeze you in real quick. I was hesitant. <laughs> I was like, Ugh. But I, I went on ahead and jumped in the chair. And um, it was it was dope. It was a really good experience. Like again, like it's the type of spot you could just sit in there without even getting a haircut. They sell snacks. 
Like it was it was like a great experience, like a, a country club. It felt so good to just be around the fellas and watching football, getting the cut. I tipped. I had a great experience. So it was dope. Yeah, that's how my search was getting a haircut in the pandemic. So my barbershop that I normally go to is in Progress Village. And mm-hmm. I have to pass it to get home from work. So mm-hmm. uh, whenever there's a haircut needed, it's always kind of easily easy to schedule and it doesn't like throw anything off. But then in March, when we started working from home, uh, I needed a haircut before Kamora's birthday. And I was like, man, I'm going to have to go out to Progress Village to get this haircut. And they probably close at seven. It was a day that I got off at six. And it just wasn't working. I ended up doing exactly what you did. <laughs> I drove to a bunch of barbershops, some on 301, some oh on... Oh, my God. I ended up going almost to Progress Village. No, actually, what I'm talking about, I actually went to the one on Brandon... No, not Brandon, on Causeway. And the guy took me, but it was the day before the world shut down. Like, he, I was his last <laughs> customer. And he was like, yeah, we're closing tomorrow. And, you know, New York, that was when all the, the rumors of martial law, they were like, yeah, New York is already on the martial law. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, so it was it was the longest haircut I ever got to. Um, a little bit more expensive than I would have preferred. <laughs> and then I went maybe three months without a haircut. My next haircut from March was in Ju- July for our wedding anniversary. And then I got, I think, two haircuts since then. So I haven't had many haircuts, and I've been really driving around. I went to my old barber for the anniversary haircut. They're in a new shop. The vibe is different. Some of the barbers aren't there anymore. And this is like an old school like barber shop, like the movie one. There's an old head who owns it. There's a young dude who who still wears fitteds and white tees. Then there's a young black dude who found Islam, so he's on some back to Africa <laughs> stuff. Like literally, it's literally just what's like, today's mathematics, <laughs> yeah, young blood. He, he was on some. <laughs> nah, you need to become. What, what's that thing where you become uh, a more, where you're like you don't have to pay taxes and stuff, <laughs> like, because you're like a divine individual or something like that, or sovereign. You claim sovereignty. Like he was into that type of stuff. <laughs> then there was the dude who was just there because he had child support to pay, so he was just <laughs> his whole check was going to child support. But they were like, I'm just like you said. I've been there where we're just having conversation. I got a haircut and then got out my seat and sat down to continue in the conversation. Um, <laughs> it's also the barbershop that um, Raheem Morris used to go to when he was a okay. Bucks coach. Um, and he still came. Even when he was in, um, he was a wide receiver coach, he was still going there. Him and his father, they would pull up in the, like the Range Rovers and they would shut down the whole <laughs> shop. I got lucky and was get, was able to get in one time when he was there, but like they <laughs> shut down the whole shop. I guess which makes sense. It's a, <laughs> it's a cash, primarily cash business. And that's probably high <laughs> risk for someone who's probably a millionaire to be going there. And Progress Village, if y'all aren't familiar, is the hood of Tampa. So for, for not y'all, but me and like the people listening. So like I could understand why they probably shut down stuff when, when he comes through. And there's a few other, you know, I guess, you know, C-list or so athletes that, that get their hair cut there. But I haven't been back. It's just It's just not convenient to make that much of a trip for a haircut at this point so i'm still kind of on the lookout for a shop come to my spot and i messed up the name it's not royally unique it's rather unique but 301 um I, i'm telling you dre you're gonna feel like a young suave denzel stepping out of the chair man like <laughs> i was thoroughly impressed the customer service was elite i shook every dude's hand 
Like, I felt like I knew them. It felt like I was with my fellas, like, at a spot just chilling. Like, it, it was a dope experience. It's spacious. It's clean. Like, that's the thing. Like, some of these, like, black barbers, they shop be all busted. Like, this shop was nice. Leather sofas, flat screen TVs, cable, air conditioning. They had the little air pressure to blow the hair off you. Like, it was like, I what about like a spot? Is the service good? The service was immaculate. That, that's, I'm t- I am not a service person. I feel like all of us kind of kind of attest to that our women, our wives are typically the ones who are big on customer service, like when you go out to a restaurant. <laughs> and, and we're typically the ones who let it roll off of our shoulder. But the That's one, a whole nother show. <laughs> but the, the one place where I, I appreciate better service is the barbershop, mainly because I don't go there often enough. And it's a service. It's a fellowship. It's more than just... You're, you know, you're changing the oil in my car. So, like, I, I appreciate better service there. And I'm not going to throw out the, the, the demographic or the culture of this barbershop that I went to. But it was just, I didn't like the vibe at all. Like, I feel like they were kind of being cocky. I'm like, come on. I know other barbers. Like, it was hard during the <laughs> pandemic. Like, I have my, my regular barber. He gave me horror stories. He was like, it was bad. Like... When when everything was shut down, there were barbers making house trips to people's houses and some of them getting pulled over and getting arrested for it because remember the curfew and stuff like that. And you weren't supposed to be going to people's houses. Like it was hard for people. Hence why they only had two barbers now. Like some people got into other professions. So for these dudes at this barbershop that I went to a few weeks ago, like it was like business as usual, like sign in, nobody pays attention to you. Like, oh yeah, just wash your hands, come back here. Nobody talks to you. They cracking jokes with each other because they're all familiar with each other, but there was no like welcoming environment. They still had the traditional barbershop vibe of, you know, they were talking about the game, talking about the election. But I don't know. I just prefer I would expected more, especially if you know what you're you're up against. Like, I feel like all services now, all places that provide services realize they have to go above and beyond because in a matter of seconds, you guys can be taken away from me. and I, I can be on lockdown again. And I realize I have to provide good service to keep your business. And that's why I went, man. Like, I bought clippers, and I tried to do my own thing, but my haircut isn't complete without that razor shop freshness. Like, mm-hmm. and, yeah, that's that's what I miss most about the cuts, because I've been, I've been doing my own fades, and I can, I can with Shelly's help, like, the fade looks nice, mm-hmm. but I can't get an age. Yep. So, that's exactly what my issue was, and I got some nice clippers, and I can fade it up, and it's dope, but the missing piece is that edge factor and i'm telling you like i'm not even trying to hype this place up like it felt like a genuine like it felt like it was like going over to one of y'all houses like it just felt like they welcomed me they said what's up they made sure that i was taken care of you know we talked about what i do for a living and like it was just like a real welcoming great customer service my barber was dope gave me conversation kept everybody entertained and energized and you know, he was just real, real genuine dude. And, like, I want, you know, those types of businesses to thrive. So that's why I went. It was more than what I normally pay. And I tip because I know that the struggle is real. And in order for us to break even or either get back to where we were, we have to still support these industries and these businesses. And to me, it was a, it was an investment. Like, I needed to be fresh because... I had to work and I work in, you know, I, I'm client facing. I got to be in the public. So 
I can't be looking busted and I had to look good. So it was it was perfect and I was able to get serviced and it was great. So shout out to a rather unique barbershop on 301. What what uh, what landmarks are by it on 301? Um that's a good question. It was like it's like in a shopping complex. Yeah, I think it was next to like a food spot. Uh, but again, like I'll take you um, some rather generic type shit. I know, say. I know, I know. There was I a couldn't... there was a street there, and there was a man there, <laughs> and the man had a hair on his head, <laughs> and he had teeth in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's fifteen minutes away from my house, up three hundred one. Right, um, rather unique. Let me pull it up on maps to see. Because I so feel like close, I know what you're talking so about. So it's probably close. Yeah, yeah. I think, I, think I know you, where man. it is. Is it in the plaza with the Riverview Flea Market? Maybe. I, I couldn't really look around. Oh, well, that, that's yeah, that's real close to the house. Yeah, man. I think I was very close to you, Vince. But yeah, man. Okay. Like, well, yeah, that might be might be where I have to go because Shelly was she had, she had been getting on me ever since we moved out here. It's like, you know, I don't understand why you have to still drive all the way to Tampa yep. to go ahead and get yep. a cut. And shout out to and Joe. No like disrespect to, to Joe. Joe's a cool dude. Yeah, but I, I can't make that trip no more, man. Like it's it's a wasted trip. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but like she was she was on me talking about you know why are you always making that trip and like I told her like once you find somebody that that you like like that's what you do <laughs> like yep I know I know where but, it is I actually been to that barber shop before you uh, have a good experience oh uh, yeah yeah it was it was a, a good experience I I couldn't I don't I don't like the hesitation I, in your I don't voice. Like that it answer, was right? it was before the pandemic <laughs> so. I just uh, I was getting my car fixed in the because there's a dealership not a dealership there's a car place like in that plaza it's right by um um a vapor store right they sell like CBD don't ask why I know but um like it's right by <laughs> a vapor store yeah I've I've been there and I cash out the guy my payment so when the pandemic hit and I was looking for places. I had tried to locate his cash app but it wasn't linked to his number because I just wanted to hit him up it, this was when stuff changed and I'm like. I don't want to drive out there and they're closing early because it's a pandemic or maybe they're not even open yet, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I've been there before. It was it was funny because I don't know if the guy was the owner. It was a like old head, chubby black dude and raspy voice. Like he's from, you can tell he's, he's in from the south. He's in the middle. Yeah. He's in the middle. And he yep. was talking, talking about cat yeah. shit to this other dude who was yep. a, fa- a fam you dude. <laughs> But I don't know what they were talking about, like Miami or something like that. Because I think the head coach of the Miami, no, FSU's basketball team is a black guy, right? Yeah. And I think he's, he's from Miami. Leonard, yes, Leonard, Leonard Hamilton. Hamilton. I don't know if he's from Miami or he went to FAMU or something. And they had this big back and forth. And he, you know how old heads in the South call people Joker? He's like, this Joker, this Joker right here, Joker. <laughs> <laughs> like, so they were like, it was very, very barbershop, like, feel at home. They talking trash. But you know it's not going to escalate to nothing. They're just, you know, getting at each other. So, yeah, it was it was a good vibe. I had, But that was before the pandemic, and it was just, I just rushed in and needed a haircut, so I didn't really pay enough attention. Because you, you don't appreciate as much as you do now when you need a barbershop. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would have mm-hmm. went back. I was looking for the guy's name. I didn't remember the the name of the place, and I was trying to find it, like his cash app that one time. But yeah, man, like it was 
to me, I had a great experience. I'm going to go back um, probably soon because I got another event coming up. So shout out to Rather Unique, dope spot. Shout out to my barber bud, cool dude. But yeah, man. I wonder like, if it's the same barber that I had. It's gonna take me forever to find. Bud, Bud is a, a slim young dude. You talking about the dude with the gray beard? Bud McQueen. I cashed up him thirty dollars on February twenty sixth. Um, <laughs> yep, we got the same barber then. <laughs> yep. So yeah, it's the same shop. Yeah, and he did a good job too. Yeah, yeah, and he was the, mm-hmm. the one that was giving good conversation and stuff like that. Yeah, and he was yep. paying attention because the most recent haircut I got was two weeks ago. A guy never said one word to me. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the same shop. I didn't know that was the name of it. Yeah, Rab Unique. Okay. Yeah, but that's right down yep. the street. Yeah, it's close to where you're at. Yeah. 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 Dope spot. Dope spot. But yeah, the. Reason why I wanted to do a pod today mainly because America has voted in the first black female Indian American vice president. And the election I felt like took forever to get the count and the vote and everything official. And I knew that was a huge deal. And I'm not the most politically correct or well-versed person, but this was huge for America. And I felt like a lot of posts were saying, like, we could take a deep breath and we could finally, you know, move forward and get things done. And just wanted to see, you know, how did you how did that make you guys feel? And, you know, what impact do you think it's going to have, you know, for our future? let you run with that one first, Dre. Uh, <laughs> it didn't make me feel any type of way. <laughs> but, um, so, let me clear my throat. Let me get an uh, HBCU uh, Black History professor voice on right now. Um, <laughs> like, um, what was the, um, that movie? Jeez, oh, I'm always messing up the names of movies. With um, Omar Ebbs and he was running track. It was in the '90s. Oh, Ice Cube was in learning. it. Higher learning and um, higher learning. and Lawrence Fishburne was the the, the, the I think it was a Black History instructor, and he mm-hmm. had a fake Jamaican accent and an afro, <laughs> and he mm-hmm. smoked a pipe. So yeah, that's me. Um, <laughs> but so um, <laughs> so uh, where do I begin? I feel that in two. It, for millennials, let's start with millennials. Millennials and Gen, Gen Z, because I think a lot of times we throw out the term millennials, we being people born in the '80s, not realizing that we're also millennials. If I'm not mistaken, the statistic says it's people born after '83, so that would include us. Yeah, I don't feel like a millennial, but it, technically, and I think we what are. we're referring to is Generation Z, which is after that. But we technically are millennials because we came of age during the new millennium. Um, but just in in general our generation and folks after us the first time ever voting was 2008 or or in the presidential election and i gave y'all an example i was 17 in 2004 in november 2004 so i couldn't vote in that election i didn't turn 18 until a month later so my first time really voting was 2008 where there was an obama 
And then four years later, there's another Obama. And I think that spoiled our generation because now we assume that there's always, well, there's always going to be a good guy and there's going to be a bad guy and I'll vote for the good guy. We just got to hope that enough people vote for the good guy and, you know, justice will prevail. And I don't think people realize, no, before there was an Obama, this is how all elections were. There were two, you know, there were two old white men running for president. So, like, I've noticed that since those two elections, like, people are like, oh, I don't want to vote. It's a lesser of two evils. They're both terrible. I'm like, where were y'all before 2008? Y'all are so used to there being a savior and a messiah and this this symbolic person on the, on the ballot that, nah, this is how it was when it was Kerry versus Bush, when it was Dole versus um, Clinton, when it was Gore versus Bush. Like, it's always been like this. So y'all didn't have the room to, to have that argument. And I, I, I lead to... In 2008 and 2012, I think we, as a generation, were so satisfied with the symbolic win that he literally told us, he being Obama, said, it starts here. Like, me winning isn't enough. You guys need to get active. You need to do this, do that, get involved. Make sure you vote in midterms. Make sure you vote for your local. And we didn't do that. We just, like, four years later, we'll be back to, to support you again. And <laughs> it made it very hard. And he spent half of his time trying to get stuff pu uh, pushed through. Um, and, you know, it was more so symbolic. <laughs> um, comedian uh, Aries Spears says, he said, uh, he was like, let's get the first nigga in. Then we'll get the right nigga in eventually. <laughs> like, let's just get the first one going. Um, and I feel like I'm old enough now and I'm vested enough to have things that are my responsibilities are tied now to who's in office, who's in local office, because I'm an adult, I have a mortgage, I have a child, I have a car note and things like that. In 2008, I was texting somebody, I was like, 2008, I didn't give a damn. I just wanted to, <laughs> to wear white tees, you know, Banana Republic, boat shoes, and send mass text messages to girls. That's what I wanted to do in 2008. <laughs> I didn't have an interest in who was the president and voting in my local and stuff like that. So, so now I have more of that interest. So now I'm not just settling for the whole, hey, they're in office, let's go, and that's all it. No, we got to vote in 2022 to make sure whatever your party is has the majority in the Senate, majority in the House. You need to attend your local um, city hall meetings, city council meetings, your HOA meetings, your CDD meetings. Run if you have to. Keep up what's going. Keep up what's going with what's going on in your local uh, school district. Like those are the things that's going to make it impact you directly, as opposed to just being satisfied, getting the bumper sticker, going to your local barber shop and seeing the Obama uh, airbrush pictures in your local barbershop. <laughs> Yo, at, at one point, everybody had that one picture of, like it was four people on a horse. It'd be Tupac on the horse, Biggie on the horse, Bob Marley on the horse, and Obama on the horse, like riding into the sunset. <laughs> like every barbershop had that picture. Uh, but it was, like I said, it was extremely symbolic before. Now we've been through that before. We know better. And we know we need to have, they need to have support. And I was saying in another group, I was like, the president is just the person who delegates. Like, it's not the, it's not a universal leader. We're not like England where we have a, a monarch, right? Where whatever one person says, that's what it is. Like, there's checks and balances. There's, you know, the three branches of government. Um, and then we know how big of a deal having House support and having the Senate support is. So let's make sure we can control mm. that. So hence why I'm not really into the, I'm super excited. And, and to be realistic, 
the Democrats didn't really support, you know, uh, um, Kamala Harris. Like she didn't even make it onto the ballot. Like she dropped out last year, like of the of the race to be president. So it's symbolic, yes, and we're happy that she got through. But that wasn't even our pick, you know. <laughs> and not to reveal what I did years ago, but in 2008, 2016, I didn't vote for Hillary in the primaries. I voted for Bernie. And being mm-hmm. that I'm support, I'm a supportive Democrat, I voted for her when she got onto the ballot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it's the same way now. Mm-hmm. Like, none of y'all voted for this lady. Y'all didn't even like her. <laughs> but, but in the spirit of history and being a pioneer, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I have a, a young daughter who's going to be able to say, I was on this earth when there was a black woman in the White House. She missed the first black person in the White House, right? So, um, so uh, I'm definitely for it. I'm for the symbolism. I'm, my people are Jamaican. She's got people who's Jamaican too. So yeah, her dad was Jamaican. And you look at his picture and be like, yep, he's definitely Jamaican. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and I send a text message to my family. I was like, oh, we claiming her as Jamaican? And they, they approved it. So the, the, the Jamaican delegation has spoken and she has officially been claimed as a Jamaican. So uh, extremely proud and happy, but I'm not satisfied like I was in 2008 because I'm, I'm not ignorant. Ignorant is not a bad thing. It just means lack of knowledge. I'm not ignorant like I was in 2008. So boots on the ground as they say we got to do the footwork for it to work this time straight up straight up and i appreciate that because that's how i look at it like it's a symbolic message to really show young brown girls you truly can be anything and i know that's not the role of a vp but it's one of the highest offices that a person of color can hold especially in america and to take a step back to corporate America, you don't really see a lot of brown girls running businesses and companies and meetings. Like I still have a bunch of meetings at my job and I work in sports and there's not that many people in leadership that look like me that are delegating, giving orders and the challenge to really achieve and succeed is there. And I'm glad that I have a daughter that can see that and she can also confidently believe she can be anything. And, you know, I voted for Biden and Harris um, for that. I want us to live in a world that is diverse and inclusive and inviting and welcoming. And it's not going to always be sunshine and rainbows, but we have to hope, we have to strive. And it starts, I feel, in the home. And I want her to see her mom do well and succeed. And that starts her brain to strive to, you know, accomplish things. And um, I'm just excited that we do have a different perspective in the White House. And it's going to be, you know, an interesting four years. And I kind of like the momentum that women and men have, especially the brown men and women and see where it goes from there. What about you, Vince? What are your thoughts, and how did you feel right, about well, the election? I apologize if I, if I repeat anything, because I cut out for a little bit there. But, um, like, my, my thoughts on it, because, again, like, like, you, like you said, Aubrey, I'm, I'm not the most political person out there. Like, I, I need to be much well more studied up and, and get into it, especially now, like, that, like, my life is, is affected so much more by, by what our government does. Um, but 
just just like you were saying, like it's it's a it's a huge thing for for women, especially black women, to see someone like them taking taking an office like this to let them know that this can be done, like it, it should be done, and it gives them something to strive for. So that is is huge on on multiple levels, and and that's awesome. And like what I what I like about it um with with Kamala like she's she's fairly young um especially when you when you look at the mm-hmm. actual Biden and, and Trump like she's a lot younger than them um and I think that's that's a, a big thing that that we should try to look for um in in politics in general is is getting more more youth into into office to to really re- be able to relate and be more in touch with with today's society cuz the the longer you keep the old regime in there things are just going to continue to go the same way and we just can't have that and to like Dre was saying like and and it's part of why why I don't get into politics a lot is because I've always felt like no matter who's in office I really don't notice a change in my day-to-day life and so like my whole big thing with with Trump and Hillary like it was you know to just like everyone's saying it was the lesser of two evils and like at the time I really didn't have a problem with 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 Trump I just thought that his mouth like with the having no filter was gonna get us into a war we had no business being into um so that was my biggest thing against Trump going into the the first election and and so but like back to what, what I was saying like locally I think is where we're going to see the the biggest impact of what our what our what our government officials can do for us so I do want to get more involved in in local politics because that's what what's what I'm going to see on a day-to-day basis um so I, I think that's a big thing but it's 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 encouraging to see the the number of people voting like I have my nieces and nephews they voted for the first time this year um so it was it was great to see them with their with their stickers and their posts on on social that they got out there and voted and made a difference um but I, I just hope that a lot of people are and in myself included I hope that a lot of people start to get more educated in what they're actually voting for who they're voting for and, and why um so it doesn't just come down to this popularity contest or what have you like like know your issues study your issues and things like that um yeah yeah and um and, sorry and then though the one like discouraging this discouraging thing is that like we still almost had 50 percent of the country vote for that man like and I, I just don't know what it says about us as a as a society, like that we still have people that are willing to support. Because at the end of the day, like I, because I'm not very political, I do look at just the person themselves, and I'm like, is this a good person? And I think that should be taken into account. Um, so it, it's it's scary to see that that so much of the country still is willing to support them. I think some of that has to do with Republicans in general are just loyal. So it didn't matter if 
if Doink the Clown was running for president, I think they would have all supported because yeah, that's just how they are. Yeah, I know that there's definitely are. some of that. So uh, I, I would want to see the true numbers of it to see how many people were actual Trump supporters and now they're just voting for the party. But... Right. And, and then the other part of it is if you take away the personality quirks of him and just look at his policies, maybe his policies line yeah. up with your ideals. And I think that's where he gets his votes from. Like, I think we're caught up, our generation, our culture, people who look like us, people of color, we're caught up in his, just like you said, his mouth, his tweets, and the reckless things that he says. But if you subtract all of that, he, the decision that he makes and what he executes, 50% of the United States agree with that. And I think that's what they do. They turn a blind eye to the other stuff because they think he's trolling, which I honestly think he is. Uh, he's just trolling and pandering up and getting followers and doing what he's doing to to, uh, att to get the social attention. But he's just making the traditional moves that any um, Republican president would make. Hence why they're like, yeah, these, these ideals add up to what I like. You know, a woman's... Uh, choice and stuff like that and abortion and lesbian and gay rights and, and black lives matter like all, whatever side of the fence you are with those he's on one side of the fence and half of america are on that side as well and i think they just they, they do a good job of just ignoring the stuff that he says because they think he's just joking well it's all strategy like no one person is one thing like there's so many gray areas like chris rock has a really good bit on how american politics is ran like, I'm conservative on some things, and I'm liberal on some things. I'm not truly all Democrat. I'm not truly against no, Republicans. No, you shouldn't be. And Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a representation of what Americans do in power. He was beloved before he ran for president. He had a hit TV show. He was always being featured in interviews. He was always referenced for having a lot of money. Like, he wasn't an unliked guy. And he had the idea to run for president, something that if you look back at some of his older interviews, he's had this idea for years. But again, no one thought he would actually do it. He did it. He had fame. He had influence. He had power. And the presidential seat was the next thing on his list. And he accomplished that goal. Do I like him as a person? The antics and stuff? I think that's all strategy. Like, you're never... Mm -hmm. When you're on that stage, you're never just who you are. There's someone in your ear managing you. And he knew that if it bleeds, it leads. That's an old mass comm phrase. Like, if it creates attention and a buzz, someone will capture it. And that's going to create attention. That's going to keep me relevant. That's going to keep me in the top news blog. And he encouraged that type of craziness. And it worked for him. And... What I view or how I expect my president to be, he just doesn't fit that box for me. And a lot of people vote on emotion. A lot of people don't pay attention to the policies. Because again, like you said, Vince, to me, I don't think I have ever been personally affected by who was in the office. I don't think that I make enough money. I don't think that I was old enough. Now I own a home. Now I'm a father. Now I'm a husband. But still, by Biden and Harris being in office, I still don't personally feel like I'm impacted by them being there. I voted for them because I wanted change. I wanted 
people who were separated from their children to not be separated from their kids. I, like, there's certain things that I just was against. So hopefully, now that I'm getting older, I will pay more close attention to the local elections, what's happening in my community, and also be more in tune with what's happening in D.C. But... So there definitely have been things that affected you well, even in when you were younger, uh, it just it, now it's going to stand out more because once again, you're more vested in the community. You have a mortgage, you own property, you have a child, um, you're driving. So, you know, I wasn't I didn't have a car, you know, or maybe I did in 2008, but I definitely didn't own the car if I was my parents name or so. So a lot of things affect you. So here's a good example. And when Obama went into office in Obamacare, one of the things he changed was um, the age limit you had to be to be on your parents health insurance. And that was huge for me because I got my first job at Geico and I could tell you to the dollar how much my paycheck was going to be because it was my first real job, right? Like I worked at Burger King and stuff like that in high school, but now I'm getting a salary and I'm getting a check and my check was $1,017. The only reason why I know that is because I always wanted it to be four digits because I'm so used to getting three digit <laughs> checks if you're working at like the T-Mobile stand, right? So it was, and I was like, no matter what, I will always have a four digit check because that $17 ain't gonna go nowhere unless they like change taxes. Um, but I had to take um, health insurance out or I was about to take health insurance out. But then Obama changed the rule. Well, I can't even say Obama, but you know, it went to effect where you can be on your parents' health insurance until you're 26 years old. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm 21. So that's an extra fifty dollars every every check. That's an extra hundred dollars a month. That's an extra twelve hundred dollars a year. So my check actually got bigger. So there are small things that do affect you directly that you may not even you know, that you probably didn't notice. But something like that, you're going to notice even more now. Mm -hmm. If your check goes up by thirty two dollars next week, or after July or January twenty first of next year, you're gonna be like, damn, that Biden Harris <laughs> kicking in right now. That Biden Harris kicking in. So, um, but yeah, little things definitely do affect you. Now, kind of to jump into, well, I will, I'll let y'all continue because I know I just kind of jumped in. No, I mean, you, you got something to go with. It seems like you on topic. Yeah. So <laughs> kind of to jump into a, not necessarily just the election, but the American people, because the election is just a, the formality. Um, whoever's in office, they're always going to do something that benefits you. Trump did something that did benefit you. Here, uh, for, for people who are parents, um, your tax return now, the, the credit for having a child is now $2,000 for every child that you have. It used to be $1,000. That's something that technically benefits you. If you kind of look at the African-American community or not even African-American, people of color, you know, it's a stereotype, but we typically have more children, right? We have larger families. There's, you know, my parents came from seven sibling households. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that benefits them. Hey, so now Mary, who's a single mom of five, when she files her taxes, that's five $2,000 credits that she's getting for her tax return. So many different ends of the spectrum, but whoever's in office, not every decision they make is going to negatively affect you. There's going to be some things that positively affect you. But once again, certain things you probably don't notice on a daily basis because you only do your taxes once a year, right? So it's not something that you're always thinking about. But outside of the election and who's in office, I think one of the biggest thing that's changed in the past four years, because we keep hearing this saying of, um, we're, we're more divided than we've ever been before. And I think that's definitely true. I wrote down this quote years ago, and I felt like this is how the world has been going, not even the world, America. Uh, it says, war helps define who was them and who was us? And doing that strengthens the idea of us. 
And I think that's what America has been doing. We've been kind of going through a um, uh, identity crisis. Like we've identified who is us and all of the thems are the bad guys. So in 2016, after Trump won, North Korea's, um, I don't know if it was North or South Korea, because I know someone's gonna, one of the viewers is gonna <laughs> fact check me, but their, their, their um, newspaper headline said, angry whites take back America. Um, and when you kind of think of it in the, in the realm of that, um, that post, that's essentially what it was. And not to turn this into a race thing, but America identified that the us's, we've identified that we're us. Us happens to be, you know, the traditional American or what we think of as America, which is blue eyed, brown hair, white person. And we've identified the thems, the Black Lives Matter, uh, Latino community, build a wall, uh, gay and lesbian community, people who don't like guns, uh, who want, you know, they're going to come take our guns. All of those guys are the bad guys. And we're the us's, those are the thems. And it's been this back and forth of us versus them. Um, and that's been the biggest moral change in America these past four years. There's always been Democrats versus Republicans. When one party loses, the other party, oh, take it on the chin, I'll try to come back next four years. But this four years, it's literally just been a fight. There's been a protest every week. There's been back and forth. There's been debates. There's been Karens, you know, this new thing of called Karens. Like, it's been like that every day. And not just on a racial front, but remember that situation happened with the... Um, the Orlando club that was the, the LBGT club that was shot up. Mm -hmm. So it's been many different things. And I think that's what America has been going through. Like, all right, we are the us's. This is what America used to look like. Uh, what's, what's his phrase? Make America great again. Take us back to those days. And all of you others, you, if you're an immigrant, if you're a person of color, if you don't look like me, if you're, if you're for, um, a woman's right to choose if you're for all those other stuff. Those are all super liberal, progressive stuff. Well, we're conservative and this is what the red, white, and blue is supposed to look like. And that has turned into a pseudo civil war. And I think that's what can be a huge thing for us to overcome outside of who's in office is just identifying as one again. Even though we were never really one country, but it's a huge divide. And I feel like after the election, you kind of felt that tension. When you went to work, you could kind of like nowadays you have a joke that you say must have been a Trump supporter, right? Like you, you say that nowadays, but you didn't say that when, you know, when Bush won or you didn't say that when, you know, Reagan won or anything like that. But now it's just that us versus them mentality. Anytime something goes wrong, it just feels like we're definitely extremely divided. And that's the biggest moral dilemma that we have. Well said, Professor Campbell. <laughs> Um, I'll be collecting homework <laughs> in the next 15 minutes, about that, about uh, that. and there will be a quiz. <laughs> yeah, man, like, I'm glad it's over. Like, this whole election thing, it's just unnecessary stress. Like, the divide in the country and seeing people say things and just the aggressiveness of it. It like, brings out so much ugliness in the people. Yes, it forces you to just like take a side and it's like us versus them and it's like mm -hmm. I, I don't want to always be reminded of how ugly and divided we can be as a people like I get I'm sure I get chastised and ridiculed a lot for being just a fun loving guy like if you know me for five minutes you know I'm gonna have a good time no matter where I am no matter who I'm with and I have a very 
vast, diverse group of friends. I have some really good friends that don't look like me. I have some really good friends who don't believe in the same things that I believe in. And I love to just cut up and make people laugh. And I understand that's not how the world works, but during election season, it's just crazy. And like people are so comfortable with just saying reckless things. And I don't know, maybe I'm getting old. (laughs) Maybe that's a sign of getting old that I'm just more in tune with how things make people feel, but I'm glad it's over. For sure, because like, and it, and it, and it's kind of it kind of speaks to to how people look at it too, and because like the elections, like the Olympics, it don't it only comes around every four years, and that's on, the only time you ever hear anybody talk about it. Like, you could you could go three and a half years and not even know like that somebody was Republican or, Republican or Democrat, but then here yeah. here you come leading up to this election. And everybody wants their voice to be heard. Like, and and like the thing that like bought like it was like the type of people that was very very gung ho about Trump. Like I was driving um, on two seventy five, and I got on I four, and it was a parade of Trump supporters, and they all had pickup trucks, and they all had the big flags, and I'm like. You just assume the worst when you see stuff like that. It's like, I hope I don't break down. I hope that I don't get stuck out here. Like, it's just one of those things where I don't know if it's because it's, like, heavily shown on the news, but it just made me feel uncomfortable. And it's just like, I hate feeling unsafe because now I have so much to lose. And it's just thoughts that I shouldn't have to have over a presidential election. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's just crazy. And like one thing that I took away, you know, because everybody was focused on these maps and like just looking at the the state of Florida and like come to find out that it's pretty much like this in a lot of places. But like it was so interesting to see how the only blue areas of Florida were like your major cities and your college towns. Yep. And like when you see a map that divided, it's like, how do you ever like overcome that? Like and and um talking to talking to one of my boys, uh well actually a couple of them, um, but the ones there up in um in Pennsylvania and a mutual friend of theirs they were talking about how how can he be voting for for trump and like my friend my one friend is like explaining is like is if that's where you grew up and that's all you hear like you're you're raised to watch fox news like so that's where you're getting information so you're just not exposed to the other side and like i i i was because one of our friends he was he was extremely upset that that his friend had voted this way and i was explaining like it's kind of like religion in a way because you're mm-hmm. you're raised one way and until you go out and seek seek out other religions in other parts of the world and things like that you're not going to know anything different and but at the end of the day once you become an adult you do have the choice to say which do you choose to follow and i think that's that's what frustrated my one friend so much is that you know here you are almost 40 years old you've had ample time to find information and think for yourself 
but but those family traditions are deeply rooted man it's so tough and so hard to go against family and and i thought i find that really unfortunate um, granted like i said my parents were immigrants they voted probably for i would I feel like they did vote during like the Clinton times and stuff and the Bush times, but I definitely know they voted during the Obama times. But it's never been a you have like this is our family, this is how we do. Like we make our own decisions. So I, I couldn't imagine how that feels to be in the patriarch where like everyone we this is how we go and this is just you have to roll with us. Like first of all, I'm scribbling whatever I want to on that paper <laughs> when I get there. So you know you don't know who I'm voting for. Um, but that actually kind of leads to another uh, uh, portion of this. Like, um, without naming names, we know of someone who is uh, <laughs> dating someone, and uh, they went to go vote, or I think they voted at separate times. And one of them found out that the other person either, I think he wrote in Kanye or something like that on his thing. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, now you know it's a male who did it, and it was a female who was upset about it. And I think they're considering breaking up. And I'm like, well, how did y'all make it this far if y'all are dating? Dating's when you're courting, so there's way more conversation, <laughs> which is, sounds terrible. But like, like you're, there's there's those you know, morning call, lunchtime call, after work call. There's a go to bed phone call. Like you're talking all day long when you're courting each other. So how did this not come up? during an election year, during election season, that you didn't know where this person's head was at. And I mean, that can be the result of now them not being together. And I mean, that's huge for that to happen. But I mean, that's 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 pure ignorance, though. Writing in Kanye was pure ignorance on that person's book behalf. Um, but some, but as I mentioned, ignorant is not a bad thing. Ignorant just means lack of knowledge. You just didn't know better, which is unfortunate. But uh, that's I, I don't even know where to begin with the whole not because it's Kanye but just purposely writing in anyone because I remember there was a year where Roseanne Barr ran for president um, the lady Roseanne who had the show mm -hmm. in the 90s she ran for president there was a year where people were writing in um, the guy from the short guy from different strokes um, Gary Coleman who, who passed away Gary Coleman Gary Coleman there was a year people were writing in Gary Coleman now this was like 2000 ish that that happened so there's always some weird thing to take away from the majority vote. And I'm like, where's your head at when you're doing this? The only logic I can think of is they don't like either candidate, but they do plan on voting for local. So they'll not give their vote to one of the major candidates, but they'll definitely, because you know, with the local ones, there's only two options. You have to pick one or the, one or the other. Um, but if you don't like one of the two major candidates, you could very well vote for Kanye or Roseanne and then make sure you put in a good vote for the judge and a good vote for you know, city councilmen and stuff. That's my only logic for the folks who just go off left field, but it's still, you know, these, these races nowadays come down to uh, a couple thousand people. So that couple thousand could have been a, a huge difference maker. True. Yeah, I mean, everyone has their reasons of why they do stuff and people just, I just feel like we live in a world where people do things for attention. People do things just to be different. And I don't think anyone seriously wanted Kanye West to be the president. But I think like Vince and also Dre alluded to earlier, is like you gotta choose the lesser of two evils. And 
you could pull up dirt on Biden, you could pull up dirt on anyone, and like some of the comments that Biden made in his early political career rubbed a lot of African American men the wrong way. Um, so it's just it's just one of those things where people gonna do what they want to do no matter what. Like it's just how people operate sometimes. It's, it's unexplainable and it's confusing, but. I'm sure there's a lot of people that we probably don't even know that may have voted for Kanye or wrote it in on the ballot just to be funny or whatever the case may be. But like you said, Dre, it could have been the difference in winning and losing. And some people just don't take things serious enough, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, anything new popping with you guys or anything you guys want to talk about before we wrap it up? Uh, my albums in stores now. <laughs> um, I got I got Raekwon, got Method Man. The whole Woo was gonna come oh. out, you know. I, uh, produced by Swiss Beats, you know. I got one produced by Kanye. So, you know, just check 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 my, my check out my album. You know, I'm not I'm not going on, you know, the regular press run because I'm for the streets. You know what I mean? So, selling uh, out the trunk. I'm not, I'm not subjected to these labels. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got any Thanksgiving holiday plans? Uh, we we are going to my people's house for Thanksgiving in Palm okay. Bay. Okay. Uh, I think we we went last year. The re- main reason why we're going is I have not seen my parents in a year, and this is the longest I've gone without seeing them. And and the year is Thanksgiving of last year, so we went Thanksgiving of last year, and then. Christmas we stayed here and then pandemic hit in you know February ish. So I was like, man, it's gonna be a year. Let's at least try to get there within that year. So we probably would have went to maybe her people's house or done something here uh, if it wasn't for the pandemic and we had saw them throughout the year. Nice, nice. That's what's up, man. Any special cuisines that you and your family make being from Jamaica for Thanksgiving or what are you looking what are you most looking forward to? They they do a lot of the traditional American, like, because I, that I know of J- Jamaica doesn't celebrate it. They, I think they do it just to to do something, but it's an American holiday, mm-hmm. so they didn't grow up yeah. doing it. H- however, they do the whole turkey and the ham and the stuffing and stuff like that. There'll be an occasion where they have like curry goat or jerk chicken or something like that. Now, curry a goat in general is kind of expensive, so I don't. It's not like a every year mm-hmm. thing, but they have the little twist okay. on it. Now, my thing that I bring every year, no matter whose house I'm at, well, no, not no matter whose house I'm at, is my sweet potato casserole. You make it? The key ingredient (laughs) is hen doggy dog. I I kid you not. It is one year I had to use kibbutzia because we was on a budget, but but like uh, putting cognac in it is because people have meals like that. Anything's uh, possible. Cake. (laughs) <laughs> yeah like so yeah it's just you know sweet potato you know syrup or all the regular stuff vanilla extract and brown sugar <laughs> but a little bit of hennessy in there one day yeah <laughs> i wouldn't recommend it I, w- I would not recommend it uh but one year i was heavy-handed because i i just Got couldn't tell it so i kept on pouring and pouring and then that was it was <laughs> It was literally just po- it tastes like poison. Like it's just alcohol, alcohol in every bite. Nice. 
Nice. What about you, Vince? Any plans for Thanksgiving? Any special cuisines that you um, make or you looking forward to? As far as plans, because I think like the the years have now run together on me. But I believe it was, I guess it was two years ago that Shelly and I actually hosted Thanksgiving, and so could we we do the whole thing where we go to we alternate each year which family does which holiday, and so. Um, Mm-hmm. This would be the year for us to do Thanksgiving with um, with with her family again, and because um, but um, we're we're kind of in the um, in the talks and it's kind of being back back and forth, and I I let her handle it since it's her family, but um, we're we're debating mm-hmm. on on if something's gonna happen because her her one sister. Like she she didn't get to come to Thanksgiving last year because you know going to her fiance's house, um, so she was mm-hmm. really looking forward to it because we haven't besides like I guess June, uh, right around Father's Day is her dad and her brother's birthday, so but since then we haven't seen anyone in their family because of the pandemic. Um, so her sister's mm-hmm. really looking forward to that. Um, and like, but Shelly's parents are, are kind of like Shelly, where they're really, you know, cautious about the about the virus. And her other sister is down down in Fort Lauderdale. She's she's a little more active than most, or active than the rest of the family, I should say. Um, so she's out doing things, and so. But she said she's willing to quarantine, um, you know, leading up to Thanksgiving to to try to alleviate that mm-hmm. risk. Um, so it's kind of kind of up in the air on if we're gonna do anything. Um, like I mentioned to you guys earlier, like there was talks of, of doing something something like quick, and like I'm not one to drive three hours to, to hang out for an hour. Like it it just don't make sense to me. Um, so if it's something like that, like I'm yeah. not I'm not really for it. But then again, like you you only get this time with your family so often, so. We might have to go ahead and take advantage of it. Um, as far as um, as far as cuisine, um, you know, I, I did a turkey and I saw. I've always wanted to brine a turkey. Um, to try that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be something cool if I got around to doing that. Um, you know, macaroni and cheese is one of those staples, and and like it's it's so funny because it's it's not hard to bake macaroni and cheese. Like, but I just feel like it doesn't happen very often. Like, it's just just something that you mm-hmm. feel like it's more like a special occasion. Um, but if you get some good baked macaroni and cheese, like that's that's something that I, I always look forward to. Um, Shelly's a big fan of the green the green bean casserole. Like, cause that, that was one of my biggest things when we first started dating and I got to come to these family functions. Like I didn't, um, I didn't want to show up empty-handed, so I was like, I always want to bring bring mm-hmm. something. So, so I've done I've done the green bean casserole. I did macaroni and cheese one year. Um, it was a jalapeno mac and cheese, matter of fact. Um, nice. I did a I did a pumpkin roll. Um, so yeah, there's all all sorts of things, and like like I I just, I just enjoy cooking, so I might find something new to try to tr- try to do. Um, but yeah, that's that's what the holidays looking looking like for us, just kind of up in the air. But if I had to bet on it right now, I think it might just be Shelly and I here at the crib. Yeah, 
Okay. What about okay. you? Um, I'm not really sure what we'll be doing. Uh, I think we're going to most likely end up over my wife's parents' house, um, have a little small Thanksgiving over there. But I haven't seen my dad in a little over a year as well. And now that we have, you know, my son, I definitely want him to meet him before the year is over. So I'm trying to see how I can swing that. But um, yeah, man, just looking forward to it. Thanksgiving, like both of y'all, has always been huge in my family. Growing up in Virginia, my family were huge Dallas Cowboys fans, so that was just something I always looked forward to, being able to watch the Cowboys because they play every year on Thanksgiving. It was just a staple and just the sounds. Like, as I'm growing up, the sounds of Thanksgiving, of laughter and excitement and joy and being from Virginia, it was always cold and being able to go outside and play football, like, just those things that are you just can't pay for. Like, those are the types of things that I want my kids to you know look forward to and enjoy and last year um i made a Ooh. apple crisp pie you know the apple pie with the oat crust um um the little sugary swirl cinnamon swirl you kind of pour on it as well so uh, i think i may do that again if i do i'm a i'm gonna drop one off at the crib for you vince and you Appreciate too Trey. i made three last year um so I'm the same way like you, Vince. I like to cook. I like to try new recipes. I like, I like to do different stuff. Um, I'm not really looking forward to one particular food item, uh, but I like to switch it up. Like I'm, I'm kind of over the traditional turkey, ham, greens, macaroni and cheese. I kind of want some new items. So I may have to introduce a new dish just to switch it up a little bit. So we'll see. Okay. Okay. We'll see. But yeah, man, I definitely enjoy you fellas. Appreciate your time. I really love the podcast. I think it's going to expand a little bit more um, in 2021. We're coming up on our on our first year anniversary, and I'm glad that we stuck with it. Um, I appreciate Vince for forcing us to, to keep it consistent. Um, but, you know, I enjoy this with you guys, and um, uh, we'll wrap again yes, soon. Sir. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure, fellas. Indeed, indeed. Y'all take it easy. Yeah. And, you know, enjoy the rest of y'all day and thank everyone for tuning in to us for this for this Seriously, first year. like, um, I get a lot of people, like, it's like the most random people. Like I said, I'm from Richmond. I got people from Richmond talking about, I love this show. I listen to it all the time. <laughs> y'all are hilarious. And it'd be like, you've listened to the show? Like, it's just so crazy. So um, you never know who's listening. We seem to have like a strong twenty following, <laughs> a good a twenty, good 20. Um, that will listen to each episode. So that's definitely appreciated. And um, yeah, we'll we'll wrap, man. Good show, fellas. Thanks for tuning in to Real.